You're listening to the Designer CEO Podcast, Episode 6. I'm so excited to do my very first interview today with a dear friend of mine, Kelly Mooch. Kelly and I met and worked together early in our careers as green newbies at the Bonton Store Group. While we have moved in different directions professionally since then, we both have continued to evolve in our roles and experience. Kelly is a former tech designer, product manager, QA specialist, and teacher who, after partnering with overseas manufacturers on the retail side in product development, has now flipped to working for a domestic manufacturer at Ram Group Inc., a U.S.-based dye sublimation microfactory. She has worked in design and manufacturing for over 10 years, and she knows the ins and outs of the apparel manufacturing process. And today, she is going to share exactly what you need to think about and prepare before you begin a relationship with the third-party manufacturer in today's episode, Getting Started with Manufacturing with Kelly Mooch. listening to the Designer CEO Podcast. Each week, strategy guru and merchandising maven, Sarah Ferens helps designer CEOs navigate the business of retail and fashion. She'll provide you with proven strategies, how-tos, business tips, and tons of expert advice from her industry friends to get your line launched and start growing your brand. If you're dreaming about designing your own line, consider her your go-to business partner. Welcome, Kelly, and thank you so much for joining me today and being my first official guest and interview on the Designer CEO podcast. I'm absolutely thrilled that you're you're joining me today because I think you're going to have such an amazing wealth of information that you can share because of your very storied background. Um, and you just have so much experience in design and manufacturing. So I'm really excited to have you today. Thank you, Sarah. I'm excited you're to welcome. be here. Um, okay, so I just was hoping to kind of start that you could just share a little bit more um, about your background and experience and how you ended up working at Ram Group as creative director. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I went to school for fashion design and I did work at Kohl's. I started in technical design, um, which is a huge wealth of information because you'll never not need to know how to put a garment together. Um, <laughs> and I had stayed in that lane um, when I moved to Bonton and actually progressed at Bonton into um, product management. So really just sourcing um, the garments and getting them to the sales floor. And then um, also worked in QA as a specialist as well um, in managing our, our vendor partners. Um, after that, I went to Mount Mary University and taught in the fashion program for a couple of years, um, taught some junior, senior level classes for design. Um, and then I was giving them a tour actually at Ram Group uh, and found it and uh, decided that I needed to work there because it was awesome. And the things that they were doing uh, were just so completely different from what I had seen previously in the industry. Um, so it was really exciting and I wanted to be a part of it. So can you tell me a little bit more what you do there as creative director? 
Sure. So I started there um, working in pattern making. Um, I was developing their fit for for their entire women's line. Um, And then once we got that kind of out, then I moved into consulting on the design of our website. Um, And now I kind of do a a combination of sales as well as um, creative um, and providing new designs for our website and um, also working with custom clients for all of their creative needs. So you wear lots of different hats. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You're learning. It sounds like you're learning so much in this role, but I mean, you also had so much experience even in in your previous roles coming from a background of like tech design and QA. And then, you know, you evolved into product management as well. So you really have like kind of an all in all the hats. (laughs) Yeah. That's a lot. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And all of that background was really important um, coming into Ram Group because it's a smaller company. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we all have to wear a lot of hats there um, in order to get our product accomplished. So, okay. I like it. I mean, it sounds like a designer CEO that does the same thing, you know, ultimately at the end of the day. Okay. So, you know, if you, you know, you deal with a lot of, fashion startups and new businesses coming to you. So if you're a designer CEO, how would you go about finding the right manufacturer for your line? And what do you think, you know, people want to start considering as they're researching? So I think some of the most important things to consider is just what is your product? Um, is your product or your line um, a mix of knits and wovens? Are you looking for a certain uh, print uh, application or printing type that you need a specific manufacturer for? And then, of course, if you have a specialty product, you need a specialty manufacturer. So not everybody, uh, not every manufacturer can make like women's underwear, okay. um, you know, or swimsuits. Those are very specific product categories that you need a manufacturer who is well-versed in that. Um, And so, you know, if I was looking for somebody to manufacture something, I would want to make sure that the manufacturer has experience in the types of items that you're looking to produce. Um, You know, at Ram Group, we're very heavy in the active apparel. So we're really great with knits, although we do have wovens as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And being able to mix knits and wovens in the same uh, manufacturing setting is also very unique. Uh, it's not super common in the industry. Okay, cool. So, you know, what would you recommend that people prepare before, before they approach a potential manufacturer? So even before the meeting takes place, what are the types of things yes. that you want to make sure that they have or are ready to discuss? So, um, like you said, I do, I work with a lot of people who are just starting up and so maybe don't have the experience of um, coming to a manufacturer previously. Um, but things that um, I look for as a manufacturer are, um, you know, what does your timeline look like to develop your product? Please, you know, be realistic in your expectation as far as um, a timeline to you know, research and develop um, new product. Even for us, you know, our approval time from approval to product is three weeks uh, in manufacturing, which is really a a fast turn time, but it may take six months to develop the product prior to getting to that approval point. Um, So being realistic about your timeline, um, having your patterns. um, If you have production patterns, that's great. If you need a manufacturer to make production patterns, just know where you are at with your pattern making needs. Um, Sourcing, there are a lot of manufacturers who do not 
source fabrics and trims for you. Um, so you kind of need to know uh, or have an idea of what kind of um, fabrics and trims you're looking for and also be prepared to ask your manufacturer if they are able to help you with that sourcing. Um, how many units do you need? Obviously, a lot of manufacturing requires even a low uh, minimum order quantity, maybe 600 pieces per color per style. Um, that's a lot for someone who's starting out. So having a flexible uh, minimum order quantity is important. And then um, just knowing what your ideal cost um, would be in order to do production versus your pricing strategy. So just understanding, you know, if, if I tell you that it, it's going to cost $30 for me to manufacture something for you, but you can only sell it for 35 mm-hmm. or not even 30, then it's not going to be a good fit. Okay. Yeah. No, that all makes sense. Um, what do you see? So, so, okay. So if you're a designer CEO and you're coming in for your first meeting and you're all excited, you've heard everything you need, what questions should you be anticipating that a manufacturer is going to ask you during that kind of introductory meeting? Um, so manufacturer may ask you for a tech pack. Um, that's a technical package that specifies all the um, instructions about the garment. They may ask you for an original sample. Mm-hmm. Do you have a sample that you've purchased from a store um, for designer silhouette? Do you have a sample you've purchased for fabric quality or for construction purposes to reference? Um, I, I think that those are probably the most important. Um, have Having an idea of um, the the sourcing and the costing, you know, coming into it um, is a good start. But I think that the manufacturer's most important part is they're going to need to understand everything about the item that you need to make. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, I think a lot of times designer CEOs <clears throat> might not realize that, you know, it's one, easier for the manufacturer if you bring that material versus expecting that the manufacturer is going to have samples for you to sort through and pick or swatches for you to sort through and pick. So I'm, I'm assuming that's a fair statement to make and that that would definitely speed your process up too. just having all the, that kind of like prep work done beforehand. Absolutely. I mean, at Ram group, we do have a showroom and we've had the opportunity to allow our customers to come in and kind of shop off of our racks of things that we've already developed. Um, they're able to utilize any of our patterns that we have with their production with us. Mm-hmm. Um, our patterns aren't for sale. They can't buy them and take them somewhere else. Um, um, but there might be a style that you could start with and then make small tweaks to it um, in order to avoid a lot of heavy pattern making fees. Um, the other thing too, is I think it's important to be open to what your manufacturer suggests. So if you are trying to get to a certain price point, your manufacturer might have some ideas of areas where you could compromise on your product and still get an ideal outcome um, without uh, and still fit into your price point that you're looking to. Yeah, that's a huge one. Um, mm-hmm. You know, 
you know, I used to work, Kelly knows this, but I used to work in jewelry product development. And that was always a big one that, you know, I'd get a cost back. And the first question back would be, okay, how do we make this cheaper? What can we do? Can we switch the beads out? Can we switch the treatments out? Like, should we shorten it up? What can we do? So, you know, Mm -hmm. definitely relying on your manufacturing partner as as a partner, truly as a partner, um, and not just a third party resource, but someone that you can look to for advice too, and help you fill in some of those gaps especially if you're unfamiliar with the product that you're developing or just development in general. Um, You know, the manufacturer is going to have a better idea of, hey, you know, this trim is a lot more expensive than this other trim. So here I'm going to kind of point you in this direction and being open to it is definitely going to be helpful. Right. And remembering that like at the end of the day, you know, is you, you picking a different zipper, is that really going to be the make or break for your product? Probably not, you know, right. so pick your battle. Your manufacturer is going to have a good idea of how to maintain the integrity of your product mm-hmm. without compromising that design. Right. right. Okay. So what types of additional services could you anticipate a manufacturer offering? So, you know, and are they fairly commonplace or are they more specialized depending on, you know, that specific manufacturer? So I see a lot with sourcing, um, you know, as far as Ram Group, you know, we open up our stock of, we have about 19 different fabrics that we keep in stock that you're able to use um, if you are to do manufacturing with us. Um, We do help a little bit with sourcing, but I also have some clients who, um, you know, yes, they like our fabric, but they really are looking for something different and they've gone off and and sourced on their own um, and brought us fabric, which is still okay. Um, It's, um, I think for us, we would rather be able to leverage the fabric that we have in stock. Now there are manufacturers who don't stock any fabric um, and won't help with sourcing at all. Um, So that's another thing um, just that needs to be considered. Um, when you're looking to develop a certain product. And again, a specialty product, um, they may not be able to help you as much with sourcing if they're not familiar with it. If you need a waterproof fabric or a fabric that has uh, UPF built in um, or something specialty to that effect um, that they're not as familiar with, you're going to have to pick up and and source on your own. Um, And then pattern making is another big one because I have a lot of people who develop their own patterns, um, you know, doing developing patterns for home sewing versus production is very, very different. Um, if you do source somebody who is going to help you with your pattern making, making sure that they are, um, able to develop a pattern for production, um, and manufacturing, um, is important. The other thing is we've gotten patterns and even if we have someone's pattern, um, it may not have the correct seam allowance applied for what we use in our own internal processes. Um, so there may still be things that we have to touch up on someone else's pattern, um, in order to make it usable for us. Okay. So those are, those are two big ones, I think. Um, great. That's great. Well, yeah. that that's, I mean, so, you know, that kind of leans right into sampling. So, you know, you've yes. decided, you've picked a manufacturer, you've decided and walked through the patterns and your tech pack with them. Um, so what, what does that sampling process really look like? And what should designer CEOs be expecting when they get their samples? Um, so I think a couple things, I think that having an expectation of your first sample is probably not going to be perfect. Okay. Um, but this is why you go through a sampling process. Um, I think it's important to, um, 
have an expectation as far as timeline. Again, it takes a little while to um, kind of squeeze that sample in with our regular production Mm -hmm. and timing things. Um, And so just understanding that there's not probably going to be a super fast turnaround. um, But I think having a finished product in your hand to be able to evaluate is important when you're looking at your artwork, um, you know, everything down to placement of buttons, um, the way that the fit is, um, it'll be well worth your time to um, go through and sample. And I think the other thing too, is if there is something that needs to change, also understanding that um, your pattern could change. There could be fees involved with making those changes. If the pocket needs to move, or if you need to add a certain component or change the shape of the collar, um, those are all things that require multiple iterations and then would require another sample prior to moving into production. So, I mean, you and I both have experienced this, like how, <laughs> how you, you know, maybe you leave a certain detail out when you're trying to give, Whoops. you know, a manufacturer, you're trying to give you're supposed to be elastic. Right. Whoops. <laughs> Oops, I meant to say that. Yeah. Um, so it, you know, I, I just wanted to point that out because it does happen, but it's also one of those things that like the more prepared that you are and the more that you focus on developing a relationship with your manufacturer the less often that that those types of things are going to happen, which ultimately will end up saving you money in the long run, because you're going to have less mistakes and less oopses and ultimately less fees associated with resampling. Yes. And absolutely. I think um, that also plays into kind of domestic versus overseas production as well, because I think, you know, when you're domestic and you're able to have those real-time conversations with people, um, you know, you're able to kind of either meet maybe if that's a possibility or talk through your product more extensively. What types of costs should designer CEOs expect when they um, are beginning to work with a manufacturer? Like where are these costs that they're going to find? What should they kind of be looking for? Yep. So obviously, you know, you're going to know that your cost of your product is what you're, you're most uh, thoughtful of. Um, you know that that's going to be um, how you base your retail off of your product. Um, and it's important to have that um, figured out for yourself. But you also need to um, be prepared for those costs associated with possibly artwork development. Do you have your own artwork? Do you need print and pattern direction? Um, what are the costs there um, for using those types of things? Um, a pattern making fees, again, even if you were to bring your own pattern to a manufacturer, there will likely be some things that need to be touched up on your pattern to make it production ready and fees associated with that. Going through sampling, if you get a sample and you need to make a tweak of, um, of for fit or the aesthetics of your garment, you are going to have to go back and they'll have to readjust the pattern um, for those particular callouts and possibly resample that item then with those changes made, um, possibly additional costs there for you. And then I think the cost and fulfillment as well. Um, I think a lot of people overlook um, packaging. I mean, that's something that your manufacturer is going to have to handle for you. Do you need it to be individually polybagged? Do you need it to be put on a hanger? What is the cost of your hangers? What are the cost of your labels? Um, any of those types of details, you know, do you have a custom poly mailer that you're going to be using? Um, those are all things that uh, are going to need to play into that um, 
cost as well and understanding that there is a cost associated with that. So even if your manufacturer quotes you on your cost of your product, if you add in some detailed packaging instructions, now that's going to change your cost. Right, 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 right. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I think that's definitely an area that people kind of just don't think of until they get the bill or they start realizing this isn't what I was envisioning in my head when I got, when I was thinking of my finished product. So I think again, just having those conversations and asking those questions during those introductory meetings to just get really clear on what it's going to be, you know, at the end of the day, where, how's it really going to kind of evolve and make sure you're getting exactly what you want. And then putting a little bit of a cushion, maybe even on top of that too, Mm -hmm. for your budget. So, so one of the things, and I know you and I know this from working so, you know, heavily with a lot of different manufacturers and partners is really just developing those relationships and managing those partnerships. So, you know, as, as a manufacturer, what are you looking for in a potential client? So, you know, and what would your recommendation to designer CEOs be in terms of developing that ongoing relationship? Absolutely. So I think, um, I mean, I definitely look for, the level of seriousness or commitment to your new product or your line. Um, I, I have people all the time who say, oh, I have a budget of, you know, a couple hundred dollars. And it's like, well, that's not going to get you very far mm-hmm. um, in developing a line, um, you know, or if somebody comes to the table and they have no prospective clients lined up, they have no marketing plan. I mean, those are things that I look at because, as a manufacturer, we're not helping you with how you're marketing your product, but I would like you to have a plan for that because if you do well, then we do well and we get more orders from you. Um, so those are definitely things that I look at. Um, I also look at, again, honestly, like your ability to, um, kind of take suggestions, um, from the manufacturer, you know, and, I know you've said this too, and it, I, I struggle with this, but after all the years in the industry, I still have people who um, are very, very new to development. And all of a sudden they want to tell me that they need a certain stitch done and it's not appropriate right. for that garment. Um, you know, those types of things um, where, you know, maybe I'm giving them some advice on how to improve their product and they're not really willing to listen to that. Mm-hmm. So that becomes very difficult. Um, it becomes difficult for us because again, when we're manufacturing that product, we also want to make sure that we're able to do it the most efficient way as possible, Mm -hmm. which may end up being some things that we need to kind of take, um, in different areas in order to accomplish that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, you know, as, as Ram group, we are very open to working with a lot of people who have a lot of different ideas, which is wonderful. Um, but I think that that can also um, be the, the flip side. So if we have people who are a little less prepared or maybe um, you know think that they understand our process without ever having come through our facility um, is a little difficult to, mm-hmm. to work with. And it's difficult to base a relationship off of that. For sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I always think, you know, when I was starting relationships with new manufacturers, 
I think about that first meeting. And then I think about, you know, as we continue to evolve, how that relationship just changed so dramatically over the course of even the first couple months, you know, Mm -hmm. and then of course it continues to evolve as it matures a little bit more. And you almost reach a point where, you know, your manufacturers become one of your go-to resources, um, you know, for questions, you know, whether it's questions, whether it's what's going on in the market all the different types of um, things that you'd want to be asking. And as a designer CEO, where maybe you're working by yourself or a small team, I would, you know, manufacturers are probably one of your most valuable resources that you can use and really leverage ideas off of. And, and, you know, again, like look to trends and, you know, even dig, even, you know, I worked with manufacturers, I'm sure you did too, where, we would ask them like, what's performing for you and get some sales yeah. as well. So, you know, I, you know, I think just being able to view your manufacturer as a partner is such a big mindset change for a lot of people, but is so, so, so important and critical to really, you know, the evolution of your business. Absolutely. <clears throat> and to that note too, I want to just add, um, be cautious on how you're negotiating as well. I mean, as again, as a designer CEO, you might want to walk in and, and, you know, negotiate because you need to get it to this price or whatever, but you need to also understand that if you're not bringing a lot to the table, mm-hmm. you know, a manufacturer doesn't, I mean, they're not going to spend the time to develop a relationship when they could be over there developing a relationship with somebody else who has a better right. business plan right. um, and is a more serious customer. Um, so I think that those are really important, again, in how you're having those conversations, making sure that you are asking the questions and being open to things so that you are developing relationship and you're moving forward rather than constantly challenging the other side um, and saying, no, it needs to be done this way or no, it needs to be this cost or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to figure out your give and take before, uh, before you go down those roads, I guess. Right, right. So do you have any advice specifically for, you know, managing expectations and the best maybe um, method and process for communication with your manufacturing partners? I mean, from what I see with the clients that I've worked with um, at Ram Group specifically, I think that there's a couple important things, I think, um, and how we structure our manufacturing clients. You know, we actually do it. Um, we, we better your cost by how big your business is. Um, We actually have a tiered pricing structure. Mm -hmm. Um, So knowing that, hey, if you're going to come in and you only need 50 pieces of something, you you don't have a lot to leverage there. Um, And I think that, you know, we try to lay it out in a way that makes it look like there's a progress um, happening. And so I think when you're starting off, I think you need to really know that maybe your margins aren't going to look great to start, but you know that they could get better as your business grows. Mm -hmm. Um, And knowing that you will have something to leverage in the future. So maybe giving a little in the beginning is going to get you somewhere towards the end. Um, Otherwise, you may just be stuck and you may not have anybody that you could work with because you don't have the leverage and the resources that you need up front. Um, to be able to do that. So I think that that's really important. And again, it is, it's about developing that relationship and really building um, that trust. I mean, a manufacturer is going to look at the designer and say, you know, I don't really get your product, but if you're able to market it well and you can sell it, we're totally behind you and Mm -hmm. we want to support that. Um, So I think that those are really important things to, to be considering. And if you have a manufacturer that you just like, you're not 
you're not clicking with them or you just, um, you feel like you're always left with questions that are unanswered. That's probably not the place that you need to be. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I can think of examples of that too. Like, <laughs> you just get like a, a bad feeling sometimes. Right. And you like, you know, you just have to follow your gut sometimes on some of those things and find the right partner again, like, and whether it's, you know, the right, just fit for you and your business or fit for how you like to work, you know, specifically, mm-hmm. there's a lot of different things that go into it, but I'm sure you've had that too. Like you just get this reaction right away where you're like, it just doesn't feel right. And like, you really need to listen to that because that's truly your intuition telling you this isn't the right move for me and my business. So let's, you know, there's, there's other manufacturers out there. Let's find someone else. Absolutely. Or if somebody seems, you know, really willing to, to work with you, but maybe it's not, you know, it's more on their terms and not as much on your terms. Again, I mean, if it's things that you're willing to compromise, I think compromising is a big part of it. You're really um, knowing that you're building something and you're not just going to be a one and done um, situation. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. So what do you, what do you see, you know, if, if I'm a brand new designer CEO and I'm coming in to meet you for my intro meeting, what would be, you know, the most common mistakes that you see people coming in who maybe aren't used to working with manufacturers? Honestly, I think a lot of people come in with a lot of questions and, you know, I wish, I hope that people listen to, you know, your podcast and things before they approach, you know, for any other manufacturer. Um, I get a lot of people who come in with a lot, a lot of questions and then they back off and I don't hear from them for six months. And that's okay. I mean, a lot of, there are people who do come back um, and revisit things. A lot of times, if it's your first time approaching manufacturing, it can really just be a lot of information to take in. Mm -hmm. Um, And you may need to take a big step back and be like, wow, is this really where I'm going to go with my business? How do I position myself for this? Mm -hmm. How do I get the capital to invest in this? Um, you know, before you go any further down that road. Right. Um, so I really, I really hope people, you know, listen to this and get a better understanding of the things that do need to, they need to bring to the table and the readiness and the willingness to be like, are you ready to do this? You mm-hmm. know, um, you know, a lot of people that I meet with, like I said, they, they take a big step back, but those people who are like, okay, we're ready to move forward. This is what we need that's like gold for us. You know, those are the people who we really want to invest in and take the time to, um, help them build their business. I love that. Yeah. I mean, and just nurturing that business. I think one thing that has just really resonated with me and, in you know, hearing you talk about it today is truly just the idea that at the end of the day, if you're finding the right partner and you guys are working together, you're going to know that that partner has your back too. And like, that's a big idea that I think, you know, it can be really lonely as a designer CEO, especially as you're just getting started to know that you have a level of support as you're building that relationship and, and expertise, honestly, that is going to be able to help you and guide you. And then just taking that and listening to it, you know, I think that's such a big, big, important learning for so many so many new designers. So that's great. Well, and I think the other thing too, and and this is kind of on the flip side of it. So after you've established a relationship and you have a product and you've manufactured it, um, getting control over your brand and your inventory and really knowing what your needs are Mm -hmm. and what they're going to look like. Um, You know, as a manufacturer, I can't forecast your needs. I can only make your product. Um, You know, and as a designer, as somebody who's a business owner, if you know that 
you have a big event coming up and you're going to need these things, you need to position yourself accordingly. So not just starting your business, but actually being able to run it and move forward. Um, you know, the, the idea that because our three-week turn time, we have the ability to allow you to chase product that does well is important. You know, a lot of people overseas, even on a reorder on a product, you're still looking at a six-month lead time mm-hmm. um, at, at a minimum. And so I think that um, just understanding and knowing your business really well, then let your manufacturer do their business well. And if everybody just kind of stays in their lane, I think that a lot of things can work really well together mm-hmm. um, and not, you know, overstepping one way or the other is important. Yeah, absolutely. Um how, you know, Kelly, how can people reach you if they're interested in working with Ram Group? It sounds like Absolutely. you guys have some amazing offerings. Yes, definitely. Um, so again, just a little bit about Ram Group. Um, we do specialize in dye sublimation as a print process, um, which is really exciting. It allows you to do a minimum of one piece um, and we can make everything unique and, and to order. Um, so that's an exciting opportunity for newer designers. We also do, you know, some lower quantities um, as far as production. But if somebody's interested, I would encourage them to just shoot me an email. So it's Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, at ramgroupinc.com. And I can field more questions for you, hopefully. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you, Kelly, so much for yeah, thank you. your help today and all your wise um words of just manufacturing I <laughs> wanted to know and, and, and then some so thank you so much and I think that's it great thank you if you like what you're hearing and you most likely do if you made it this far into the episode I invite you to subscribe to the designer CEO podcast for free. All episodes are available on iTunes, Google play and Stitcher, and probably anywhere else you can listen to podcasts, but you can always find them on my website at www.modmerchant.net and reviews are always welcome. Thanks for listening.